we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. Podcast of the Beast. How you doing, Nesbitt? We're doing good. We did uh, Power Slave 1. We had a lot of news. We got into it. I think we got to Aces High. Yeah, we got one song from Power Slave 1. <laughs> yeah. But we did a lot of background. We did. And yeah, we did a lot on the album. We just... Yeah. I thought we'd go get through it a lot quicker, but yeah. it's okay. And needless to say, I was fired up. I was <laughs> in the mood. And we recorded Podcast 2. We did, but then I went back and listened to it, and it was... <laughs> we were basically We had decided to have uh, an extra beer or two in between recording the two episodes. <laughs> and uh, anyway, we decided... Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't doing power. I deleted justice. it. I deleted it. <laughs> it's, deli- it's in the archives. It'll yeah. it'll come up when we... Uh... The last episode where we just talk <laughs> over each other. Yeah. Actually, that's not the first time that happened, but that's we true. won't. Spoiler alert. Um, but anyway, we're excited to get back into Power Slave. I've actually gone away... And listened to it a few times since and gotten some refocus on it. And uh, really excited now to do it justice. So uh, before we get into that and before we have our first beer, is there any Maiden news? Uh, there is Maiden news on the set list for the upcoming concert. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. No, well, nothing concrete. But yeah, Bruce Dickinson had a quote. He said he wants fans to be surprised by the set list from the Legacy of the Beast tour. Mm. And he says... Uh, we're playing one or two things that people are going to be really surprised by. There'll be social media madness after the first show. I know, which is so hilarious because yeah. I, I think I watched a full interview and he said basically he didn't understand how social media worked. <laughs> so he's like, there's going to be the social media madness. He must have like a vague idea of how. <laughs> I think he, he gets some of it. Yeah. But I guess that goes back to, if we throw back to our set list prediction episode... Right. We were really excited by the idea that they could do something different. They kind of said that before, but he seems to now allude to the fact that there's a high chance that either they're going to do a traditional um, favorite a very different way or something they've never done before, just dig something out. That's my That's read right. on that. Well, he said one or two things that people yeah. are going to be really surprised by. So when I'm looking through my prediction set list. Mm. There are more than two or three things in here. More than one or two things in here people will be surprised by, I think. I don't know. The Klansmen. I had that in there. That would be awesome. My prediction set list was Aces High, Evil That Men Do, Tail Gunner, For the Greater Good of God, The Klansmen, Run to the Hills, Die With Your Boots On, Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter, Fear of the Dark, Can I Play With Madness, Death or Glory, Brave New World, Heaven Can Wait, Iron Maiden, and then the encore was Number of the Beast, Wicker Man, Running Free. Is that your prediction? Yeah. That's not your dream set list? No. Okay. That was what I predicted I thought was possible based on looking back at the old the other set lists and crunching some numbers my set of. list if you recall wicker man aces high can i play with madness the number of the beast trooper flight of icarus which would be deadly yeah these colors don't run montesegur which right. has been done clairvoyant evil that men do talisman slash clansman remember we did yeah. that yeah so i'm reading this on my playlist uh, i got my playlist set up for this it's actually a really good playlist yeah and um, then, of course, Iron Maiden, Hello Be That Name, Blood Brothers, and Wasted Years. So we broke that down in our last episode. If you haven't seen that, that's a, I, I thought yeah. that was a really fun episode. That yeah. was one of the more fun ones to do uh, the research for. But yeah, that's that's good. So that means yeah. he's he's pumped. Right. So yeah. um, I don't know. I still have uh, I still have high hopes of Tail Gunner, and I still think Heaven Can Wait yeah. are pretty probable. I don't know about Tail Gunner. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Heaven Can Wait would be great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Fantastic. Time to get into a beer, do you think? Yes, let's do it. What do we have here today? Uh, it's a Yellow Belly. Okay. And it's from Yellow Belly Brewery. It's Sheila Nagira IPA. Okay, nice. So. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. 
All right. This looks pretty good, this IPA. It's hard now to pour a beer or to have a beer without a theme song anymore. We've gotten so used to it. <laughs> I know. It doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem right. I actually did that. I was out on St. Patty's Day. I was like, don't go. So don't spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. Someone looked at me and was like, what? I was like, oh, you're not a podcast listener. <laughs> yeah. I found out that the uh, the Hallowood beer, I think they're done with that now. It was a limited thing. Yeah. Somewhere online where they said that. So. Do I still have one in the fridge? Uh, I've got a few at the house. Mm. Mm. It's delicious. That's excellent. So uh, we're starting to get a lot of feedback now. I think the uh, we are. It was weird. Yeah. We were trying to. We were asking people for feedback during the first few episodes. Yeah. And we weren't getting very much. We got like the odd thing here and there. And yeah. in the last couple of weeks, we've just been getting like emails. Yeah, Twitter's heating up. Yeah. Even though we don't really have much of a presence on there. Yeah. To be honest, there's not a ton of mean people on there, but the people that are on there are quality and yeah. they give us good input. Yeah. Well, uh, on Twitter, we basically yeah. just put when we have a new episode on and that's mm. about it but yeah. uh, anyway so remember that episode where we had a person named river they emailed us with some band recommendations and we went through and played clips yeah deadly yeah, yeah. and they were all really cool um yeah. so the whole time i was calling this person river a dude and saying like he did this and this guy this guy blah 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 turns out it, it's a she it's a she it's a female so deadly. sorry sorry river that i called you a guy the whole time i think i was thinking like the actor River Phoenix. Yeah. And that's the only person I've ever heard named River. So I just Yeah, and it's a name that could apply to either, I guess. It's yeah. just more of our bias, I guess, you know. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that, that, that creeps in, but great input from her. It was awesome. Yeah. So, River, if you are listening, go to talkingmaiden.com and send us your mailing address and t-shirt size. Because we're, we're getting a few t-shirts done, so we'll send you a t-shirt. Oh, cool. To make up for uh, messing up. <laughs> so if I'm out there and I want a t-shirt, what do I do? Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll make it. We're going to do a contest sooner and we open up some t-shirts. Yeah, well, we already said we had that uh, contest where we'll send a t-shirt to whoever can come closest to guessing what the uh, set list Absolutely. of the concert is. So. Oh, that's cool. And we also got an, e- an email from someone named Alex in the UK yeah. who had good things to say about the podcast. He said he's uh, seen Maiden six times and he saw them in London on the Book of Souls tour yeah. last year. So anyway, that was cool. We love hearing that's deadly. We might be able to get a pint with them. But it seems like uh, every day or two now we're getting like an email or two come in. So it's pretty cool. We haven't had any criticisms yet, which is yeah surprising. Except yeah. Uh, someone said I talk too fast, which is probably true. <laughs> you don't talk as quick as I do. I don't know. Sometimes uh-huh. when I'm, uh, I go back and like when I'm editing the podcast. Yeah. Oh, I was getting grief on Twitter for saying Rift. Oh, it's yeah. I know it's Riff, but I, know. I say Rift. I actually just, brought that up in one yeah, podcast. I was you like, did. are you saying Rift or Riff? And you're Look, like, I'm saying gotta, Riff. But then you kept well, saying Riff. You know so. as well as I do. Like when I'm doing this, I'm enunciating. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, if you get me up hunting around the beer, my Newfoundland accent's even worse. But like I've had people say to me, like, because I say remuneration, because remuneration right and the people are like do you know what i know how to spell it buddy but like look i'm a new philander lap i'm wearing your monkey suit and playing your games buddy just let me have my few little things you know and uh, there's all these little newfoundland things like i also say tuesday i don't say tuesday oh you don't say yeah. schedule instead of schedule, schedule. <laughs> i'll check my schedule you know and we say h instead of was it h i say h hey, i say h okay anyway i don't know it's like a newfoundland thing we got yeah. an accent Say love me, yeah, but uh, but for Rift, it's just it's just easier to say. <laughs> so, but no fair feedback. I love that stuff. Getting the gears is half the half the fun life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other okay, so the other maiden news yeah. is it's not really news, but it's like a slight update on that Iron Maiden lawsuit that was settled. Remember mm. they settled it for a hundred thousand dollars, but 
they ended up paying nine hundred thousand when they had yeah. to cover both parties' legal fees. Yeah. So this guy Barry McKay, who's suing them over that song, he came out with like another big, like yeah. I don't know if it was a press release or whatever, and uh, he said that should be a lesson for them next time. And there is going to be another claim. They need to be more reasonable and fair. And then he said, however, I am now representing three other songwriters who also allege that Steve Harris and Dave Murray have also profiteered from lyrics they wrote. Man. So it sounds like he's just going to be like hammering at them. He's got like some kind of vendetta against. Yeah, but like at the same time, I mean, with those lyrics and we went through them previously when we talked yeah. about this news. Yeah. It's a dead ripoff. Yeah, he right? lifted the lyrics. Yeah. Well, he said they were placeholder lyrics and he never got a chance to replace them. Well, I yeah. went through and looked. There's a. So I looked at the lines from the Beckett song that they took. Yeah. 45 words out of 265 words in the song. So 17% of the lyrics of Hollywood Be Thy Name. He definitely, like, the whole time I've been saying, they totally should have given him a writing credit. Yes. Like, 100%. Right on. I just don't like this guy's attitude where he he's claiming, like, Beckett co-wrote the song, and it's the greatest song, and that's why Iron Maiden's so great. Yeah, and I'm like, it's, a, it's six lines. Steve stole it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's totally different. Yeah. No, but even if he had a credit at them, like... It's not those six lines. It's not like people say it's not that great of a song, but because yeah. of these six lines, they it really strikes a chord with them, and that's why they love the song. Yeah, like half the people don't even know what the lyrics are. Well, your casual maiden person wouldn't, but like, but, oh, they probably would. I don't know. I, but I, but I, I don't like his yeah. attitude. He's just like they should learn a lesson from this. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, fair enough. But this is also in an age where we talked about. Uh, I think four or five podcasts. It was a while ago now about Bruce talking about digital piracy. Yeah. And he was talking about they'll pay for a book, but they won't pay for an album. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, you can rip off an album, is fine, but lyrics are free reign. Like, you know, yeah. there is a hypocrisy there. And we also saw the trademark infringement from people that make lesser gear. So to think that Iron Maiden is not protecting their own IP, oh, you yeah, know, totally and we true. always yeah. use fair use policy and make sure that we don't run afoul of it as much right. as we love them and we're in their space. Oh, yeah, I would and, love to sit here and just be yeah. like, here's the whole Power Slave song and play yeah. it in the song. But, but we can't. No, I play like little... No, clips. so we respect these rules. Yeah, like they I'm not even expect... sure what the rules are for podcasts because I listen to other yeah. podcasts and they play full songs sometimes. Yeah. But I kind of like try to stick to a clip that's exactly about what we're talking about to yeah. like illustrate what we're talking about. And I think this more fits into the radio space. Yeah. Even 30 minutes is probably... Or 30, or 30 seconds. seconds is probably yeah. like very conservative. Yeah. Um, especially when you're promoting their music. Yeah. Now that's And said, we're, like, it's like a critical yeah. analysis of something. And we're yeah. just picking that part out usually like a solo or something and playing yeah. it. So. We're not talking Maiden Down podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the up is implied. But you yeah. know what I mean? That The fact that they um, are... That there are these stories and that yeah. there are more potential. It does concern me a little, yeah. but I don't like it. I, I don't mean, like it either, especially, yeah. you know, the part with the Nomad from that same song? Yeah. yeah. So I have a clip here. It's the, the the section from the Beckett song and then yeah. the section from the Nomad. And they're, yeah. they're very, they're different, but they're very similar. Like, it sounds very inspired by the other one.
that's that's the Nomad. Right. Played both. But well, that's the Beckett song. Yeah, Life's Shadow. The end. That's of right. It. And then the no that part in the middle of the Nomad before it really picks up again. But 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 go back to the to the original story. Sorry, I just I kind of zoned. The lawsuit was two things, so, and yeah. I think that's why Steve Harris and Dave Murray are in it because Dave yeah. Murray wrote the Nomad, and I think that's, that's right. how he got pulled into this. I'm okay. assuming. I don't know. But you said give Beckett a writing credit. And I remember there was Steve and him had worked together on something in the past. We broke this down to previous podcasts. They refresh people. They from, knew yeah. like Steve Harris knew all about Beckett. I think there's a quote yeah. somewhere where he said that he loved when their album came out it was one of his favorite albums. That's right. And yeah. I think they toured together, but they're still around the same That's right. time. So Okay. So but it was after listening really... to that clip, yeah. three things. Iron Maiden sounds so much better than Beckett. Oh, that's that's a given. <laughs> I forgot how awesome the Nomad is. Yeah. <laughs> It's great. We gotta do Brave New World soon. That's that's gonna be so good. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's quite a. Time it is very range. similar. Like, it's not exactly the same, but it sounds like it's inspired mm-hmm. by. And the guitar melody is very similar. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's something it's that just kind me. of unconsciously came out while they're writing it. Yeah, because I remember writing guitar riffs, <laughs> on guitar, and writing a like a little transition, of, like a metal thing where you're like, and then listening to it and being like, playing it for someone and then being yeah. like, that you stole that from Master Puppets. I'm like, oh yeah, I totally mm. did. That's right. You know what I mean? It just kind of, oh, so I don't absolutely. know if something like that happened. Yeah. So. Absolutely. It's like comedians and timing and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's, that's an interesting thing that, you know, that. Anyway. It's obviously not it's not as literal. Lyrics are more easily traced, and you yeah. know there, there's inspired things. And not only yeah. that, then you can go, you could do all kinds of sound algorithm stuff and link a bunch of stuff up. But I'll give a, a final word on this, and that's talent burrows and genius steals. Oh, that's Pablo Picasso. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I love that quote. So yeah. well, yeah. hopefully these three lawsuits don't come down in the middle of the tour and mess it up somehow. Well, you know, if you can, that's what he will try to do. Oh yeah, try, this guy's he a total wants, weasel. I know this guy. I, that's a perfect way to describe him. I yeah, think no. a serial litigant, as Iron Maiden calls him, as yeah. Steve Harris calls him. We have to learn to weasel our way out of situations. Lawyers. It's what separates <laughs> us from the animals. Except the weasel. Okay, so I think we should get back into yes. Power Slave. Absolutely. Next song, Two Minutes to Midnight. Two Minutes to Midnight. I've never heard this song. <laughs> so, uh, Two Minutes to Midnight. Yeah, second yeah. song on the album. Really yeah. strong second song. Yeah. Um, single. Yeah. Was it the first single or the second single? Uh, the order. I'm not sure the order that they came out actually. Yeah. So it's a uh, yeah. So Derek. Okay, let's go to the cover yeah. art. Mm-hmm. When we're covering down the cover, this is number two in my yeah. top list of cover art. It's the Eddie with the assault rifle sitting on the ruins of I think it's the United Nations with a mushroom cloud behind him. I think okay. it's so cool. It's one of my favorite Derek Riggs. Yeah. And it's my second favorite after the original Iron Maiden album in album cover, which is just I don't know. I love it. I think it's really cool. Eddie's not quite as prominent in it, but he's prominent enough that I don't know. I just like the whole thing. I like the color scheme, yep. the blue, and it uh, it almost it, it like that's so good. You look at Ace's High and you're like, oh, if Ace's High could have been better. It's just so simple with him in the cockpit there. It's just yeah, yeah. That's a really good cover, definitely. It's I very love the cool. flags in the background. Yeah, too. yeah. Uh, the back cover of the single has the band all lined up against a wall, like they're going to get executed with mm-hmm. blindfolds on. Yeah. Uh, it's a picture taken by Ross Halfin, who I got this book here. It's just called uh, it's called Maiden or Iron Maiden. It says Maiden on the cover. Oh, it's called Iron Maiden. Yeah. But the cover just says Maiden, and he is a photographer who toured with them all through like the years. This book is awesome. It's all just photos and yeah. from all different eras, backstage stuff, 
stuff of them in the studio, just like Amazing. picture of them sleeping on bu- on buses and planes and anyway, it's a cool picture. And that's all yeah, the cover art. So and the back has like the World Slavery Tour uh tour dates printed on it. Yeah. So an awesome tune. Yeah. And um yeah, I mean it's it's pretty well perfect from beginning to end. It's six minutes, doesn't feel it. Yeah, it um, really yeah. It's it's a really catchy yeah. maiden song. Well it's written by Adrian. Adrian, and, yeah. Yeah. Adrian. Essentially, yeah. Bruce has a writing credit as well. Yeah, well he probably wrote yeah. the lyrics, I guess. Yeah. So we talked before about how this sounds just like Midnight Chaser. Yeah, I think in the Yannick episode, didn't we touch this? We did when we went through. Yeah. And I'm not sure if we mentioned it. I think it was just the Yannick episode. But yeah. I'm going to play that so clip let's again. Let's watch these changes steal. <laughs> That riff is very similar. That is, like, identical. Yeah. So Adrian claims that he never heard that song when he wrote this. That's right. Which I kind of thought was, like, I didn't really buy it. But if you look online... Actually, I got a quote here. He's like, the original song was called Three Minutes to Midnight. (laughs) Totally different. So, well, it's funny you say that. Because Midnight is in the lyric. (laughs) Oh, no. I have a quote here from Adrian. He says, I was sitting in my hotel room in Jersey. Remember they had the hotel in that island? The Jersey Shore. The old Jersey Shore. (laughs) Working on this riff... And there was a banging on the door, and it was Bruce. We had taken over the whole hotel to rehearse, and he's banging on my door saying, wow, what's that riff? So I played him music to it. He had a bunch of lyrics, and he started singing, and we had two minutes to midnight. We wrote it in about 20 minutes. Mm. So yeah, he's saying he basically came up with this riff. So I don't know if he, maybe it's one of those things. It's a very natural thing to do when you pick up your guitar. It's just like hammer on, dun 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 one string. Yeah. And then you're just basically hanging two strings and then up two strings and then down you know what i mean yeah so it could have naturally and not only that he right. might have heard it it might have been playing a few times yeah and anyway so i went online and looked it up and i found a list of 14 songs that have very very similar riffs i'm gonna play them now mm-hmm. it's these are the songs iron maiden two minutes to midnight from 1984 white spirit midnight chaser budgie wildfire from 1980 tigers of pantang hellbound from 1981 Accept Flash Rockin' Man from 1982, and then from 1976, Rory Gallagher, Moonchild.
you know, from my perspective, that basically just proves any argument. I mean, that's so close. That's just a pattern that repeats itself. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So anyway, the solos in the song, on, yeah. keep going with the guitars. The solos are great. Uh, Dave Murray has, has a really melodic solo, his, yeah. which is cool for Dave Murray. His tend to his are very like fluid, but he sounds he, I think sounds like he improvises them a lot. Yeah. This one sounds very like it has a melody to it. It's really cool. And then the Smith and Murray part at the end where they kinda of alternate back and forth with slower parts is kinda of cool during that like breakdown part. So yeah, something about this album that I always say I said it during Aces High, and I'll say it again, is Power Slave, the solos on here are super memorable. Like yeah. you can hum any solo from this song mm-hmm. if someone names the song. It, yeah, so that's part of what makes this album so strong. Yeah. Other part that makes the song so strong, I know you want to bring up the bass playing. Yeah. yeah. Well, for me, the, the bass on this, because, you know, when I was looking through the writing credits, um, Adrian, and I always struggle to, to separate out their skill set, but, you know, Harris tends to write bass out. And the, the bass line in this song, to me, dominates. And then when I see Adrian writing it, I know Adrian and Dixon brought this into the album in a sense yeah. and that's interesting but to me it, it feels like it was written by Steve in a sense like obviously I don't have that that level of, of knowledge of it but as soon as I hear yeah. it I'm like this is Steve's well like, I think yeah you know, I think where Adrian write, written, wrote the song and came up yeah. with the riff yeah. the bass gets overshadowed a lot I think people don't pay a lot yeah. of attention I have a clip here of the intro yeah to Two Minutes to Midnight yeah. and I crank the bass up super high yeah. so you can hear it better and a lot of times you notice he plays that riff that we were just playing, yeah. and you remember the drums coming in. That's right. But you don't pay attention to the bass, and just listen to how cool the bass is when you crank it up. See, oh wow, that's excellent. So, from my perspective, I would have thought a lot of that was like bass drumming, but then when you hear it emphasized like that, you yeah, realize you how much he carries it. that in. Yeah, yeah that's it's, awesome. It's pretty cool. And the lyrics of the song are great. They're like anti-war yeah. lyrics. It's such a great song. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I just love uh, the madmen playing words and make us all dance to their song, the tune of starving millions to make a better kind to of gun. To make a better kind of gun. Yeah, it's great. That's so cool. Yeah. Can, we, can we perhaps that bass line again? All right, I'll play that couple Because <laughs> it's, really, it's, it's, it's really cool. good, man. I love that, that you did that. So the song is, should I mention, we didn't talk about the video. No. So the video for this is, it's, I don't know, it's a bunch of politicians and then like those terrorist guys. I'm not sure exactly what's going on. Yeah. So, no. I don't really watch the videos. Like I've yeah. seen a bunch of them. Maiden videos aren't great videos for, mm. the, for the most part. Yeah. And this one, this one's probably one of the better ones. Mm. But there's like, I don't know. Are there any are there any videos anymore like for music? I mean, wait, wait you remember the the whole joke when MTV doesn't show videos anymore and and you know when we grew up it was like Teen Spirit and then I remember like you know No Doubt and the Soundgarden videos and 
and uh, you know. I think they just go straight to YouTube now. Yeah. As a promo thing. But I mean, do you ever watch it? I can't remember the last time I've really seen. Yeah, it. I watched like the odd Speed video. of Light. That was yeah, Speed of Light was, was yeah, yeah, that was actually that was one. Oh, of I didn't even like it that much. Yeah, but that was one of their better yeah. for Maiden. Maiden's not yeah. a strong video band. Yeah, it's funny because I always watch. I can't wait for the uh, the when the you know the intro came out for what the intro video that they showed on yeah. the Book of Souls tour. I love the live chapter when that yeah. came out. I love the live stuff. Yeah. Well, and, that, yeah. for that last album, they tended tend. tend they kind of just took a whole bunch of live songs mm. and released those as videos, which is probably the best thing you can do with Maiden, because like, yeah. Maiden's best live, you know what I mean? That's right. Although I do like the videos where they're on stage and it's not quite live, but just because the camera angles and stuff they have. But like the way they film yeah. their con- concerts now, they have so many cameras and so many camera angles, that just looks awesome. Yeah, Bruce was talking about that when he was, uh, I saw him doing an interview uh, around when the live chapter came out. Yeah. And he was, they were asking about a DVD and he said, now they're releasing the video for free. But he was talking about how many, he said, we basically have a television station and at least six cameras. Yeah. And yeah, so that was, I'm not sure which interview that was. We covered something in the news, but uh, that stood out for me. Yeah. Yeah, the song, uh, Two Minutes to Midnight, we've broken it down a few times. From right. the, oh, the Doomsday Clock. The Doomsday yes, Clock. Yes, Two Minutes to Midnight, the yeah. Doomsday Clock. When the song came out, it was really we were at, close. We were at yeah. three minutes to midnight when the song came out, which yeah. was a big deal. So the Doomsday Clock, yeah, the, bullet, the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, Science and Security Board. So they came out in 1947 at seven minutes to midnight. And it's like the closer to midnight it is, the closer you are to nuclear war. That's right. Basically. So it was at three minutes when the song came out. The lowest it's ever been 17 minutes when, uh, in 1999, 1991, yeah. uh, when the Cold War was over. They did sign that Strategic Arms Reduction Treaty. And when we did the top five album covers last time we talked about this, it was at two and a half minutes, and now it's at two again. Yeah. So the lowest it's ever been is 1953, after the states and Soviet Union were like testing hydrogen bombs. Yeah, and now we're back to that again at two minutes. So yeah, I know we've 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 talked yeah. about this, and I, we all, we both think it's a bit ridiculous. Yeah, but um, you know, I've got a, another perspective on Two Minutes to Midnight that something that's always stuck with me. Now I've always known the meaning of the song because I remember when I first got into Maiden, you were like, "No, this is about the Doomsday Clock and that." Every time I hear Two Minutes to Midnight, I always think about this one thing. I'll never forget the analogy that people use about the length of the Earth. Have you ever heard about that? No. Nope. The length of the Earth, if you project it, the, since since uh, the Earth's creation, the four hundred million years, if you were to put the length of the Earth across a year, then humans would only live for the last two minutes to midnight. Like, oh, we would really? only be alive for the last day. Or there no. was an analogy. I'm not sure if it's Big Bang, but I think it's the existence of the Earth. But all I remember is there was an analogy of a whole year, and there was only that little two minutes. And that's all the humans have been here. And I yeah. remember it was like one of those 80s high school textbooks yeah. that were like, so don't pollute. You know what I mean? Give a hoot. Here's what I hate about the, this, the whole doomsday clock thing. Yeah. I kind of went into it episodes ago. <clears throat> I'll keep it really quick. Yeah. That's okay. It's not based on anything concrete. Right, because yeah. nineteen in seven minutes to midnight in nineteen sixty three, when the Cuban Missile Crisis, like yeah. everyone you ask, most people would agree that's the closest we've been to like a nuclear incident, the Cuban Missile Crisis. So yeah, we were at, right. at and we were at seven minutes then, and we're at two minutes now. Yeah. So it's like what three times more dangerous now yeah. than it was during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But it, and not only that, it's so political too, because like we, I think we in a previous podcast we talked about how like. Two of the people were like, you know, Democrat Hillary supporters, so they've been yeah, like they contributed saying that Trump is unwieldy and all this stuff. And absolutely, Trump is probably not the most stable president you ever had, and I'm not advocating him at all. Yeah. But if I was to say, if you were to ask me, if you, if I was to say, if you were to say to me, Josh, is the world less stable? 
uh, than six, eight months a year ago, I, I'd probably say, yeah, a little. And if you said why, I'd say China just made their leader a dictator. <laughs> I yeah. wouldn't say, you know, oh, Trump got in. Because Trump's going to yeah. get voted out. That's the thing. Yeah. Or he'll re- resign after two terms. So I think people get all worked up about it. But yeah. the, the other new, thing is, yeah. when it first came out, it was like, we're X minutes away from midnight, which is nuclear war. That's right. And now they're like, oh, well, it also includes climate change. That's and right. it said, here's a list of stuff it includes now. Nuclear war, climate change, computer hacking, the development of autonomous weaponry, and the possible misuse of synthetic biology. Oh so that's right gosh. from their website. And I'm like, you can't change the like, I got, change the rules and yeah. then try to compare like two minutes if you include all that <laughs> compared to two minutes, like two minutes Next. to midnight back when it was two minutes to midnight last time. Like, I don't, it's just crazy. Like, you're just basically adding things until it gets high. Six months you know from now, mean? they'll be like, it's one minute to midnight. Why? Gender inequality. Yeah, the lad on the How far do you go? Like, it's true. Anyway, it's meaningless. Anyway. Anyway. Look, I'm just going to make one blanket yep. statement. Okay. The world is better now than it's ever been. It's true. People it's better now than it. it's ever it's been. It's better. Look, yeah. we're sitting here collecting vinyl and talking about Iron Maiden. Yeah. Like, the world's, at least for us, and yeah. I think everywhere's good. Yeah. Well, even everywhere, yeah. it's better than it was 100 years yeah. ago. Poverty. But anyway, let's go on. Last, uh, oh, no. Oh, so the B-side. On? Yeah, B-side. We have B-side B-sides. of Two Minutes to Midnight yeah. is so, Rainbow's Gold. Yes. So it's another song by Beckett. A Beckett cover. So they actually covered that a Beckett song. That is actually interesting, given yeah. the context. So it's more Beckett connections. But this is a cover, so at least it's credited to them. So, <laughs> for uh, once. Can't sue <laughs> us for this one, <laughs> <Yeah>. buddy. <laughs> So unlike Life Shadow, which I don't like very much, it's yeah. kind of like Life Shadow. The first half I don't like at all, and then the second half is okay. It's just that like kind of thing. So it's, whatever, it's okay, but I don't think it's great. This song is actually I think a pretty good song, and it's a pretty good B side. I think uh, I'm gonna play you a clip of the Maiden version. noticed when we were listening to that but there's a lyric in there that says catch your soul he's willing to fly away yeah which is another lyric catch my soul it's willing to fly away which is another lyric to a maiden song well we've heard that many times so this is a completely separate thing that has been mentioned yet that has to be mentioned eh? but is that when when that it's still from the same it's from well this is a different song but that's also hallowed be thy name lyric oh no so, but he said three separate artists, so that's their that's fourth true. They changed classic. it. You change it to catch your to catch my. So oh. I don't know. But uh, I'll play you the Beckett version and just listen to that lyric if you didn't catch it the first time.
that's the Beckett original version, and that's that lyric that we were talking about that they uh, made and borrowed. <laughs> yeah, interesting. And you know, we talked about the Aces High single last time, and they had the, li- the live number of the Beast, and I prefer the live. Like, I get it that they like. Uh, he loves Beckett, and uh, you know he wants to do something on the. Yeah, well, I don't. The, I think that's a pretty good out of out of Maiden's B sides. These aren't really B sides. They like are B sides. They're like, completely B sides. Yeah, this are is they, a complete B side, and this is one of their best B sides. My definition of B sides is like it's B material that's created by the band. But that's, that's not what a B side is. A B side is you put your single out on the A side, yeah. and the B side's a bonus. Okay. So it's B from the side B of the forty-five that you put out. Right. Okay. So that's so, what a B side is. Okay. So B sides like you should treat it like a bonus, like it's something that they. And I find a lot of bands though, it's really? like, like a lot of bands, yeah, they have extra songs lying around and yeah. they throw those out as B sides. But I think Maiden goes in, they do their album. We yeah. talked with us last episode. Yeah, we did. And he just and they just like they do one for fun and yeah. they pick a song but they you, like. You, you didn't. I don't think you used that analogy last time. Or if you did, I yeah. didn't hear you. Okay. But the the and and what I said last time and, and what I'll say again is. There was a, a genre, or a genre, uh, a, a period in the '90s where albums, like what Nirvana, they have. I think their second or third album is a full, basically a B-side. Uh, Pisces Iscariot, I think, was yeah. the one we were talking about last time with Smash Weapons. Yeah. Like where they release whole albums, and the whole concept there uh, isn't the vinyl B-side and the bonus material. Right. It's just all stuff that didn't make the A-side, which was the right. original album. But Maiden doesn't yeah. really have that because other than yeah, was right, it Judgment Day, Just as the Peace, yeah. There's a couple of, like, uh, those two were recorded. Those are originals yeah. that were recorded uh, during the Blaze era. Yeah. And they have some other, like, Maiden originals that they just do as B-sides. Like, I find they do the songwriting thing. They have carefully crafty songs. Their B-sides mm-hmm. are, like, throwaways. Yeah. Like, you have Black Bart Blues, Morty, Vicar, Pass the Jam. We did that yeah. one. I can't remember how long ago. And they have a bunch of, like, that Hocus Pocus and Sheriff of Huddersfield, remember we're doing somewhere in time yep. era. Yeah. Like those they're kinda of like jokes, right? Yeah. The jokes are the lyrics are kind of jokes and mm. there, there might be some good music. Now they do have some good B sides that reach out. Remember we did Reach Out with from Wasted Years B side yeah. that Adrian sings on? Which is great. They have Stranger in Strange Land, they have That Girl. Yeah. Uh I mentioned Judgment Day a minute ago. Like yeah. I think that's better than most of the songs on X Factor, but for some reason it didn't make the album. So they don't have these... Oh, Massacre, my favorite. Mm. One of my favorite Maiden songs. They don't... And, oh well, yeah, Women in Uniform, too. Yeah, the Women first in Uniform that's was the first song I was thinking yeah, about. That's yeah. a cover. Yeah. So A lot of people have a lot of fun with that one. Yeah, so... Yeah. There, there's just these, like, extra songs. Great cover. Yeah, so Maiden doesn't have these extra songs from the album where they recorded a yeah. bunch and they narrowed it down. So I think they just do these ones. While they're in the studio, they're like, we got the album recorded, let's cover something. And they yeah. just pick these songs. And this one, I think, is one of the better solos. Yeah, I like the guitar playing yeah. in it. And the original, even, I like because, I, I, you know, I like that like kind of 70s. I listen to a lot of like 70s rock. And I just yeah. like the guitar tones in it and stuff. It's kind of neat. Yeah. I the guess harmonies it is. are cool. Yeah. I guess it is something different. But um, at some stage, we should take famous other bands that have covered me stuff live. And we should do that. But the Women in Uniform one, I got into a little. I was reading about that. It's just when I was doing research. Yeah. about the cover the album cover and about like um, some people were arguing over whether or not um, the lady there with the with the machine gun while these well, ladies with the yep. girls was uh, Thatcher 
And then also the timing and the politics around it. And there was like a lot of depth on that. Yeah, because they used to nickname her the Iron Maiden, right? That's right. Yeah. That, and that was it. And But but also was like not well received by certain people. And there's a whole debate on it. Anyway, we'll have to write that down because yeah. I need it. But I, I'm, yeah. I just remember... Well, they had that actually... That, that yeah. One of the first appearances of Eddie is him like killing Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So it's not... Yeah. So yeah. I have a clip there. here. It's funny you say that because I have... I have a... I don't know how many. Lots and lots and lots of clips made to play in case stuff comes up. So I have a clip of the original. I didn't think we'd get onto this, but I do have a clip of the original. Have you heard the original Skyhooks, Women in Uniform? No. Uh, The Maiden version's 100 times better, but I'll play it for you anyway. Yeah. So it just goes show goes to show you how like uh, it just goes to show you how Maiden can make a song awesome. <laughs> yeah, Rainbow's Gold I thought was the Maiden version's way better. Yeah, uh, the original has a has a kind of cool feel to it though, but uh, in this this version like the Maiden yeah. version's ten times better. Like that original Skyhooks, it seems weird that they want to cover it. I think it wasn't Maiden's idea. I think yeah. someone else was like they want you to have a hit. They chose that song for them to cover. That's right. I think that's kind of how that worked. Out. We, we we kind of went into it a little bit last time, but when uh, I listened to the B sides, I always listen to them, and I'm like, "Well, I have to listen to it for completeness yeah. for the album." And I listened to it once or twice. Yeah. Uh, these ones I couldn't get into them because they weren't Maiden, and yeah. and as soon as I hear it, I'm like, uh, "It's like a chore to listen to it." Yeah. And I know they're not. Uh, they're not the most. Uh... But moving on, mission from. Uh, oh yeah, from the other B side yeah. from this mission from Airy. Yeah. So Ari, Ari, it's like a Harry Steve Harris, something. right? So it's yeah. a seven-minute argument between Steve Harris and Nicola McBrain. Yeah. Uh, so the story is, yeah, I'll just do it really quick because I think we talked about this before. I can never remember yeah. what we talked about on the podcast, what we talked about off the podcast. That's but right. just in case, and what Steve... we dreamed about talking about <laughs> on the podcast. So Steve Harris's bass wireless needed to have the battery replaced mid-concert. So Nico was doing his drum solo, and Steve Harris sent. A member of the crew over mm-hmm. to tell Steve Harris to extend his drum solo. That's like the mission from Harry was like to this guy to tell Nico. Yeah. And he messed up Nico's solo, and Nico got angry, and so they went backstage. And this isn't even the original fight because apparently Nico and Steve fought for like twenty minutes. They kind of got over it, and it was done. And then Bruce came into the room and got them going again, and kind of egged them on to start this fight up again with a tape recorder in his back pocket. So he recorded the seven minute argument and anyway afterwards they thought it was so funny they just they put it out of the b-side so it's yeah funny. so I, I so yeah the other funny detail is bruce was recording this secretly and at the end they're like oh, some comes recording this and you can hear them that's the end of it they hear them like pulling the tape out uh they threw it on the ground and nico tried to stomp and smash the tape with his but he said he had these like uh high-heeled boots on at the time and it kind of like went between the the toe and the heel part, and so the tape didn't get cra- crushed. And on that tape, Bruce Dickinson grabbed the tape, 
and on that tape was Bruce Dickinson's like idea and demo and lyrics for power, the song the song Power Slave. Oh my god! So the song Power Slave was almost yeah. smashed under Nico's foot. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah the uh... and I was gonna play a clip of it. Yeah. But I went through it and I went through it with like a pen. You know when you mark like one, two, three, four, and then you cross through it for yeah. five. And I kept track of how many times they say the F word, and it's 59 times. <laughs> 59 times. Yeah. Not yeah. that we, I mean, I know we, well, say, we, we, we swear it. our heads off on this podcast without realizing it, but yeah. I don't want to play, like, <laughs> a yeah. clip of someone just... Also, I, I, you know, I don't even find it that entertaining. My takeaway from it was, you know, uh, what, Nico's on his, what, his, his second album? So it's actually the, before this, before, because, because they're touring and they haven't, they haven't done Power Slave yet, because yeah. the, yeah. So it's, you know, after Peace of Mind tour. Yeah. And uh, somewhere in the middle there. Yeah. And he's new, and the body count from Steve over the previous few years was pretty lethal. Yeah, if and, you go way back. Yeah, yeah, and I was thinking, like, the way the nature of the fight was going down, I was just like, he's on thin ice. But also, maybe I can look back on it now and say, I can understand Nico standing up for himself and not looking at that, not looking at that, um, person who was working in the crew as that much lesser than him because he was still new right. but in reality from my perspective if you're if you're those guys you're like gods there yeah and if that guy comes up and fucks up you just got to go over to be like don't worry about it just well, don't I heard do it again nico he did yeah. the speech it's on youtube here's that rock and roll ribs his restaurant yeah. down in florida where he's talking to a bunch of people and they asked him about it and he said he was playing his drum solo and the guy was like poking him in the back of the drumstick trying to get his attention <laughs> and oh. he's like what you should have done is tell him to tell whoever to tell his drum tech to tell him or whatever but the yeah. guy went over and kind of went around. so nico yeah just kind of but but my problem was that in in the debate he yeah. says well just go you know tell him it's all right apologize i'm not apologizing <laughs> yeah. to him i'm like no that's yeah. any any person who's big enough can just go and say look you know I suppose but anyway but still like i don't know he's poking him in the back little, with the drumstick he said so uh, I mean, the leadership stuff was a little kink in uh, nico's armor for me yeah um you know i always i put him so high up and yeah you know other than you know he's he's that yeah. lovable character he's loved i don't think anyone another thing is yeah they're the rhythm section it's steve and nico and i think they have this bond yeah that like the rhythm section have like brothers and they say stuff to each other and i don't think this fight i think that's the reason it's a it's a I think most people they got in a fight like that, like yeah. just screaming at each other. I think they they wouldn't want that to be public, but I think they thought it was so funny. And they have this that I don't think it was that big of a deal to them. I think it was just like yeah. a thing. And they also had remember I was telling you when we did a matter of life and death, they recorded the album and Nico was like, Oh, we didn't have a big fight on this album because every single album, him and Steve have this huge screaming match. Yeah. And that was the one album that they didn't and they're like, Oh, that's weird, like everything went so smooth. Yeah, yeah. So I think wonder, it's just kind yeah. of their dynamic and I think they just found it funny. You wonder if Steve's not the kind of guy who could, loves having a fight as long as you work hard. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Um, I actually when we do the drumming album, which we talked about, yeah. we got it I mean we you know, like that's a ways out because mm-hmm. we have a lot of research, we need some support. Right. But when we do it, like it's funny how Nico's held up at such high esteem and Yannick was mocked and then the Yannick episode we realized how much he's contributed in terms of quali- quality right. and then like when you know that Nico can be so pacey and Adrian's frustration with him yeah. and then you know that uh, like he's not held up across the metal spectrum as the top drummers like when you hear people talk about like no yeah. one really talks about Nico so you wonder how yeah. how well, much I guess some people do yeah. some metal drummers yeah, and I mean he's excellent, them. but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. The like, other thing is people always like it's Clive. It's funny we pick our favorites. Yeah. But Clive like. is like original, so yeah. people like Clive. Yeah. But Clive, I don't know. It's hard. I don't know enough about drumming, but it seems to me 
when I hear those Clive songs played by yeah. Nico, it seems like Clive has some this feel. It's yeah. different. It's different. I don't know if it's better. I don't know if it's just that you heard those versions first and that's why you like his versions better. It's strange. I don't know. We'll yeah. have to get into it when we get into them. Yeah, we, we need a lot of work to do there. Yeah. But anyway, Perfect. the next song on Power Slave, yeah. the instrumental, Lost for Words. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm lost for words on this. I'm not a huge <laughs> instrumental fan. I mean, yeah. a few notes. Yeah, I like instrumental. My, my basic thing. I love the stepping riff, but otherwise, I'm, you know, right. to me, it feels like a calm down in the middle of an album. I don't know what do you think. Yeah, it's weird. I think that this is the third song on the album. I think I would have pushed it back further, maybe to split up those two sword fighting songs that we're going to talk Ooh, about. Yeah. Just to kind of break it up a bit. The song reminds me of Where Eagles Dare, which is one of my favorite Maiden songs. That's in there, yeah. I really like it. It has some kind of a somewhere in time feel to it too. I don't know what it is the guitar solos do. It's good. I don't <clears throat> It's good, but I don't think it's as good as like Genghis Khan no. or Transylvania. Yeah. Uh, or maybe even Ides of March. Ides of March, those I always think of Ides of March as an intro to Wrathchild. Wrathchild. But it yeah. is a separate track. Yeah. But now for we and we talked about that when yeah. we did the intros because that really surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. One thing about the song, though, if you go back and listen to it, I said it about the last song, I'll say it about this song, the bass playing on this album is insanely good. Mm. And the bass playing on the song is great. You know, yeah. And the solo, I love Adrian's guitar tone during the solo halfway through. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, it's a decent song, but if you really focus on the rhythm section, the bass and the drums, yeah. it's great. And they actually played this live on the World Slavery Tour. I have a clip of it yeah. from... So, my live... So my first Maiden album that I ever got was Live After Death. Did not have uh, the song on it because it didn't make the cut. They cut a few songs out. And then after I got it on CD, it still wasn't on that. It was much later. They had an expanded CD version. Mm. And there's a version of this. So that's that's what this is from. Uh, And live, it sounds great. I think it sounds better live than on the album. The guitar tones, it sounds a little bit more aggressive and raw sounding. I think live it sounds better. Um, this song was also covered by the entire population of Hackney, which is that band that Nico and Adrian had. Uh, they did, I think they only played a few live gigs. There's a bootleg of one of them, and during it, towards the end of the set, Steve Harris and Dave Murray come on stage. So it's basically Maiden without Bruce. And they did a cover of the song. I'm just going to play you a short clip of that.
I just love hearing live Maiden bootleg clips of songs. Yeah. And this isn't quite Maiden. It is really. <laughs> yeah. Technically, it's not Maiden, but it's like four members of Maiden. Yeah, and we, after this song, yeah. too, Bruce came on stage and did like, I think they did, I can't remember exactly. They did some covers of, I think they did a ZZ Top song. I think they did Two Minutes to Midnight, too. But anyway, that's the entire population of Hackney. Yeah. Doing that. So. It's it's funny because when we did the run through for the um, Legacy of the Beast tour, we went through all the live set lists. Yeah. And uh, Lost for Words was on it. And when you said that, I just grabbed my phone. I was like, no, it's got to be on my live after death. And I went through, no, it's not. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, it's a good, that's a good spot. I didn't notice that. But then again, like I haven't been, uh, I just listened to it and don't really pay attention to the. This song for me has always been. It's there, but I don't even notice it's a standalone track. That's how yeah. connected I am to the vocals. It's just, yeah. I always feel like it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like filler in a sense. Like, even though I love it, yeah. and I just feel like, because Maiden has in songs three and four and five minute pieces where there's yeah. no vocals. It just feels like it's... Yeah, I feel like it could... Yeah. Well, I think that's why it's called Lost for Words, because they couldn't yeah. come up with lyrics for it. And they yeah. wrote it as a song and just stayed instrumental. Yeah. So, well, that's what I read anyway. Yeah. But... It is, I think, the weakest point on the album. Out of the whole album. Argument. Just because... But only because the rest of the album is so strong. So if you're going to say that, then I would I would turn it around on you and say that it's perfectly placed. After Ace assigned two minutes of midnight and two singles, they start That's so true. strong. Yeah. And then now we're going to get into Flashblade Duelist and Back in the Village. Yeah, I never thought about it. Maybe and you're then, right. It's like yeah. two amazing singles. Yeah. And then you have a little Calm bit down. of... A calm down, yeah. and then boom into the rockers again. And when we sum this up, we'll talk about you know one of the challenges we've had, which is theme. But if you look at it as a, a, a few phases now, yeah. then this is kind of a gap, and it's like lost words, and it, it does calm you back down because like Aces High is like you know if you're on speed, I mean oh, <laughs> yeah. driving like yeah. you would be doing 180, yeah. and two minutes to midnight isn't isn't as pumpy, but it's it's up there. Yeah. And then lost words kind of calms yeah. you back down. Yeah, even though it has that still driving beat, like. I don't know. Yeah, but I know not, what you mean compared to the first two. And unlike most it is some of these bit. albums, I like to rate them. And, you know, I gave this one like an 8 out of 10. 10 out of 10 for the first two. I mean, pretty well everything. Power Slave, lowest rating. Yeah. This one is 8, 8.5. There's, yeah. there's, no, there's no ratings in this album. Yeah. It's too good. So the next song is Flash of the Blade. The so first, catchy. The first of two songs about sword fighting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is another one where... Like, Steve Harris has the bass playing on this is great. He has this really cool bass riff. And the way the two guitars play together is cool. Like, one does the original riff and one does something kind of different but similar. And they kind of, like, weave together. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think it's really cool. I have a... Uh, I think it's some of Maiden's best work on this album. And I'm going to play this and just listen to the bass lines and how the guitars, like, play together. <laughs>
section, I just love how the guitars, they're kind of playing different things and then they kind of come together and go into harmony, then they go out and they come back yeah. in. I would say, yeah, it sounds like they're weaving together over the bass line and the bass line, again, I said it, this might be the third or fourth time I said it for this album, the bass playing on the song and the it's bass amazing. playing on the album is great. So, I love it. Even the vocals are good in this song. This song is awesome. For oh, me, yeah. it's almost my favorite song on the album. Yeah. And you know, that's the douchebaggy thing where you're like, oh, you know that? They never played live and it's not a single, but that's the best song. Yeah. You know, that's what people do. But yeah. the song is so solid. Yeah. The chorus yeah. is amazing. That part yeah. I just played, that instrumental part in the middle, I think it's maybe the best yeah. music on the, to me, on the on the album. And the concept of living and dying in the flash of a blade, it's so core to yeah. Maiden. Like, to me, it's it, it it fits so much in the, the Maiden iconography. Like, it, it could be a trooper. Like, yeah. it's just got that, the flash of the yeah. blade. It fits in the theme with everything that Maiden stands about. Yeah. And it's just got that. And it's so amazing. And they've, have they ever played it live? It wasn't on the original. I, I've got I don't think they've as, ever played it live. I've got it down as, I, I don't know of any set list, but I don't know if it's on yeah. the never played live list. Um wow I mean how yeah. is this this would be deadly so I've got a quote from Adrian he said yeah. Uh, yeah that was a good little song one of Bruce's we never played it live well there's the answer to that we never played it live but I enjoyed playing it in the studio I actually added a, quite a few more guitar lines to it yeah a lot of the harmony stuff you hear I actually overdubbed so I think this is mostly Adrian overdubbing I'm not sure how much who played what on this yeah but I, I know a lot of the guitar lines are I think Adrian overdubbing lines on top of his own guitar things yeah one thing about the song we were talking about where Bruce Dickinson said he wants to surprise people at the set uh, at the this new set list for the next tour. Mm-hmm. With three guitarists, they could do a crazy awesome job of the song. Imagine three guitarists playing the song. If this, it's so well, much potential yeah. there. It'd be amazing. If this or the duelist was in the set list, that would just. Oh, yeah. I mean, the idea of dropping in because I got a hot take at the end of the, yeah. the after we cover these songs. Yeah, you know, to drop in some unknown powers, they'd go for it. So one little. Uh, this is just a random yeah. fact about nothing. Do you remember the cartoon Jim and the Holograms? I do, yeah. There was a uh, Flash of the Blade was played in a, uh, an episode of Jim and the Holograms in the background. Some guy oh, walked yeah. by with like a stereo a boom box on his shoulder. And he's blasting uh, Flash of the Blade. No way. <laughs> I looked everywhere to try to find a clip of it online, but I couldn't find it. Oh, but man. Apparently. I read I... it on a few different spots. So. Was Jim the one that used to come uh, right on before He-Man? No, that was Shira. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was around that period. There was like a guy version, and they used to do the back to back. Jim was like she was like a regular yeah. person by day, and like a rock star at night or something. Yeah. But yeah. Um, if you watch those cartoons now, they're like horrible. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everything like I used to love uh, Dukes yeah. of Hazard, and uh, the A Team, yeah. and I tried to watch an episode of each like a few years ago, and they're like so slow paced. We all love the <laughs> ideas like like uh, South Park summed it up with member berries remember <laughs> member A team yeah. wow yeah I remember A team um, yeah next song oh, is man, yeah. The Duelist The Duelist oh love this song so uh, for a long time like years and years I always said this was my favorite song on Power Slave I love the song it's got a long like Eagles Dare style yeah. instrumental part in the middle over six minutes isn't it yeah and six, I love it the drums are amazing the bass playing again I'm selling a broken record but the bass yeah. playing on this is amazing and this is another one where like the guitarists carry the theme of the song remember when we were talking about Ace's Highest that sounds like a dog fight and this mm-hmm. sounds like a sword fight it, it's oh, it's just great so yeah 
Yeah, for me, this is one of the most underrated Maiden songs ever. One of the things about The Duelist, like, absolutely, guitar is crazy, six-minute epic, but what stood out for me, and I've loved this song, and, you know, I'll, I'll reflect on it after we finish Back in the Village, um, but the vocals on here are amazing. Right. So it's just, I got a vocal clip there. You want to tee it up? Ready to start the tour against the Oh, I know. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I have have a clip too, because I was just saying uh, the bass lines, I keep saying the bass lines are so amazing on this album. Uh, Here's a clip of it's just listen to the bass in this part. Yeah, I know. I keep saying the with the bass play playing on this album, but there's another example. And the only criticism I always hear online is people are like, "It's too long," and the part in the middle is too long, and it's too boring, and they should cut whatever. But like, I could go for another ten minutes of instrumental in the middle of it, or twenty Six minutes. Minutes? Yeah, I could go for like if they made a thirty minute version of this, <laughs> oh my I would gosh. love it. I love all that like stoner rock stuff where they just like play a riff over and over again and just jam out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And not only that, it's closing outside one. That's on true. The, on the vinyl, which is important yeah. to take your time to close out. And then uh, now, that person, whoever said that online is a moron. So then <laughs> you flip it over. It's a half common criticism that I read. Yeah. But you know what? Like some people, everything is too long. What yeah. is it with these people? Like we don't want, you know, like, yeah. you know, go off and listen to Jim and the Holograms for two minutes. <laughs> I don't care. Like this is a different thing. Yeah. You know, this is a fine cigar. This is a whiskey you're going to sip. You know, Maiden's not meant to go crazy. So then uh, my, my take on these two tunes and the last for words, obviously Ace is high, Two Minutes Midnight, um, Signals, well talked about. We know they're great. Uh, last for words, broke that down. Flash of the Blade, The Duelist for me, I would put it out there as a hot take. I'd say that probably the strongest non-single slash non-live, in other words, not emphasized songs, the strongest pair of them, especially in sequence and in theme. They're, yeah. they're related. Yeah. On any Maiden album. Yeah. Maiden album. You take them and you put them on almost any of the bottom six albums or anything after this album. Yeah. They're a single. They're on the live track. They just... It's because Power Slave is like almost like a greatest hits album. Yeah. It's so such a strong album and these two songs just... They're yeah. as strong as the other ones. It's just... Yeah. And The Duelist... You're right about The Duelist where it closes the second side. It's yeah. They open with Aces High. Yeah. It ramps up, it goes right through. And now that you say it, I think Lost for Words right in the middle is probably a good place for it. Yeah. I kept thinking about pushing it back further, but like, yeah, yeah. if you're looking at the, the pacing, it's perfect. It's a good sequence. And yeah. Duelist, is, it's funny getting ready for this podcast. For some reason, I, I uh, watched the movie The Duelist. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get inside Bruce Dickinson's mind and watch this movie so that like, when we talk about the song, I'll whatever, but like, I don't know. It's a good movie. It's uh I don't know, but I don't know. I don't know. How I feel like, like I feel like anything yeah. that's like related to Maiden, I have to go like read the book or like watch the movie or whatever. And I don't know. These two songs are amazing. 
Yeah. And I love them both. And now I'm dying to see them live. Either yeah. one. So that's we just yeah. did side A of Power Slave, and yeah. like, there's not really a low point. There's not a low point. Yeah. There's they're there's all good. I guess an instrumental break, word, which is awesome. They last just words, words, I guess, for. is the weakest of the of those. But I mean, but I mean it's, it's an eight still, out of ten. It's yeah. an A plus. It's an yeah. A, an A. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, this the you know, and the way they finish this. You know, it starts so strong, finishes so strong. It's just, it's perfection. Right. So well, let's wrap it up here, and then we'll go into part three of Power Slave. We'll do that next time. Okay, excellent. So go to TalkingMaiden.com. Yes, TalkingMaiden.com. Absolutely. Any feedback, any ideas, anything like that, you can get us on the website, Twitter, yeah. and all that stuff's linked in there. We love hearing from people. Oh, here's something else. If you guys like the podcast, yeah. if you search for Iron Maiden podcasts, on iTunes, there's two other Iron Maiden podcasts that are always beating us in the rankings. I don't no. know why, because one of them doesn't have any ratings. So you don't even have to leave a, you don't have to write a review, but just go there, those picture of five stars, and click on the fifth one. Because I'd, I'd love for us to show up at least above like, yeah, the second. <laughs> if we come in second, I'd be happy. It's yeah. funny because we started with the podcast and I was like, I don't care, I don't care about where we rated, I don't care about this and that. Yeah. But then you start getting some reviews, and especially since we started getting some feedback. Like, yeah. we're getting a lot of feedback now, and now I feel like I kind of want... It's funny, at first we're like, well, let's do this podcast, we'll have a few beers, talk about me, and we'll put it out there. If people listen to it, who cares? Yeah. If they don't, they'll like it, whatever. And now that we're actually getting feedback, and now, like, we have... <laughs> now I have to pronounce things yeah. right. And now I'm looking at, like, you look at, like, the metrics for the for the podcast, and, awesome. like, we have ten times as many yeah. listeners as I thought we would yeah, ever have at this point. Yeah, now it's excellent. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like taken off like crazy. And you it's look amazing. at where people are listening from and you list off the countries. Yeah. And it's like a dozen people here, or 50 people here. It, I don't know. It's crazy. Totally. Yeah. All right. Talking so, Five star. Give us five yeah. stars. Five stars. <laughs> six. Give us six for good measure. Begging, Average out those fours. Begging for uh, reviews, yeah, which we said. No we, we I think we actually made fun of other podcasts that beg for reviews. <laughs> no, that's true. But no, we have we have uh, an obligation on this, but to get yeah. out there for people. So yeah. uh, No, excellent. I, I love that. I was really happy with the energy today. I'm glad we waited to do this. I look forward yeah. to coming back and finishing the album. Yeah. So TalkingMaiden.com, thanks so much. TalkingMaiden.com. Send Cheers. us an email. Wait, <laughs> <He> us. <does. laughs>